Hi, I'm Thomas Cross Hoops, and I'm a seeker of truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. In my pursuit of truth, truth found me, and now I can't stop following him. Join me and my guests as we pursue truth together. Greetings. Tonight was so good. I uh, just got back from the lab, Jesus Lab Year 2. We meet in person on Tuesday nights. It was really good tonight. Powerful, just uh, uh, such an experience of the Holy Spirit moving within people's lives and relationships and conversations. The whole two hours was one giant example of how God intentionally positions you in, in conversations and in group settings to move in a way that you could never have planned it if you tried. And uh, I thought I'd just get on here and, and do a short um, podcast. Um, I was reminded of a blog I wrote. That was one of the ones I lost. If you listen, you've heard me talk about a dozen or so uh, blogs I wrote that I accidentally deleted. And it was called the uh, God Cares About the Condition of Your Heart. And I think that's something we often forget. Um, the heart is so important. Whenever you hear the word heart in the Bible, in the you know Greek and the Hebrew, it, it usually is connected spirit and soul. It's, it's like we don't know what our heart is. It's like a combination of the two. And, you know, Hebrews 4 is, is that great example of, uh, for the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And there's no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are open and laid bare to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. So that heart is, is our essence, our core, and only the Holy Spirit can uh, separate the two and really differentiate between what is our soul, what is our spirit, because, you know, we are merged. We're, we're one being the way that, um, Andrew Murray wrote a beautiful, uh, page in the book, um, indwelling presence of Christ. And it's really powerful, but he, he wrote this, um, when God created man, a living soul, that soul as the seat and organ of his personality and consciousness was linked on one side through the body with the outer visible world and on the other side through the spirit with the unseen and the divine. The soul had to decide whether it would yield itself to the spirit and by it to be linked with God and his will or to the body and the solicitations of the visible. And that's where I'm at. You know, our job as believers is to believe, <laughs> to believe what the Bible says. Andrew Womack always says it's simple, just just believe. And one thing that I did for many years as a believer, I knew I was going to heaven. I believed in, in Christ, but I was sort of um, erring in my thoughts, in, in my beliefs, in, in my core. I dictated my life by my actions. So if I was doing things that I thought were good or righteous, I would feel righteous and I would come boldly before the throne. And if I did things that I didn't think were righteous or I felt compromised or were out of you know sin or shame or guilt, then I would pull away from the Lord. So my identity was m- mirrored and married with my actions. 
And as a believer, that is, you know, further from the truth. You know, we, we have to get to this place of understanding who we are in Christ and who Christ is in us. And that's something that really happened in year one of Jesus Lab. Something really took root in, in my heart. I remember on episode with Caleb Hires, the uh, founder of Resting Place and of the Jesus Lab school I go to, um, we were on the podcast and I described before I knew there was a year two that was all about the new wineskins and renewing the new you and, and you know, growing and, and going through sanctification. Um, I actually had said on the podcast that the, the difference between the, the old me and the real me is that now I understand that I am loved as I am. I'm saved as I am. I'm, I'm perfect. I'm a child of God. And what what changed was that I no longer thought that my actions or my inactions dictated my identity. So I used to go through Christianity on this linear path where I was I was going on this journey and I was aspiring towards, you know, wholeness and sanctification and heavenly places. And the error in my thinking was that when when Christ says that he's renewed you or he's separated your sins as far as the east is from the west or you died to sin and now you've risen with Christ you've married Christ you know you you've died to the law you've died to the old man what that means is you are a new creation you're a new being and that new being is sealed and situated in heaven forever i'm i'm literally perfect as I am because I'm in Christ's righteousness. There's nothing I can do to be better. There's nothing I can do to be worse. And so my actions, therefore, don't affect my identity. The prodigal son was the biggest example of that. He ran from God. He ran from his father. He asked for his inheritance. He he partied it away. He slept in a pigsty. And um, he came back expecting to be treated like a slave or a servant. He was willing to just to no longer have the torment or the hunger pains to come because he said, even the servants in my father's house are treated better than this. When he came, the father saw him at a far off distance and he ran, he hiked up his robe. He ran to greet him. He hugged him. He kissed him. He said, get his robe, get his ring that signified his authority and his name, his family name. And he welcomed him home. You don't stop being a son because of your actions or inactions. So when you're a believer, you come into the family through faith and through grace, and you receive the sonship, which the whole world are children of God. They're little children dependent upon the law. But when you get saved, you no longer need a ruler or um, an overseer is what they call the law you now have the Holy Spirit. So you are now an adult of full age. That's really what that means. That word adoption doesn't mean adopted into the family. Obviously, we're all God's children because he created us all in his image, the whole world. So the whole earth are children of God, but that doesn't mean they're saved. It just means just like the rebellious child that runs away from home and gets into sin issues, they don't stop being a child. They're just not walking in the ways of the Lord at the time. So when we did that, we came to the Father, we were saved. So many of us are living our lives dictated by our actions or inactions, dictated by our own guilt and shame and oppression and depression. And that's the key to 
moving forward to the next step in, in life in this journey. The journey isn't a linear journey that's on its way and you keep getting better and getting, no, the journey is coming into agreement with the father that you are his beloved child receiving salvation and sanctification and righteousness from Christ being placed in Christ and seated in heavenly places and also having Christ in us, which is, whoa, the indwelling of, of the Holy Spirit is way more than I ever thought. It, it, it's, it's, it's way more than just believing. It's experiencing the indwelling of the triune God in our own core that wants to partner with us and walk through life with us. So what, what switched for me last year was what I said on the podcast with Caleb was that I now realize that because I am, my identity is sealed already, I can now work on those areas in my life, those things the Holy Spirit's showing me or bringing to mind, those sin issues, brokenness, shame, guilt, sanctification, going from glory to glory. I can now work on those things without them affecting my identity. See, in the past, everything affected my identity. Everything dictated who I was or what I was. And that's a horrible way to live because the outside circumstances and situations you find yourself in, they have way too much power and control over you. But when you know who you are and you believe that Jesus removed all sin from you as far as the East is from the West, that your physical actions or inactions have no bearing on your identity now, can they affect your physical body? Of course. Are there consequences to sin? Of course. Can they affect your relationships? Can they affect, you know, because of shame and guilt and, you know, oppression, you can cause them to put a barrier and a wall up between you and God. But the reality is God already dealt with sin and, and literally, you know, defeated sin on the cross, defeated death once and for all, and the consequences of sin, which is death. So as far as God goes, he sees Jesus when he sees us because we're cloaked in Christ with his righteousness. You know, Graham Cook says, I placed you in Christ so that you could come boldly before the throne. God placed us in Christ so we could come boldly before the throne. Christ is in us, also the Holy Spirit with the indwelling spirit and presence of God. So when I think about what happened tonight, it was just this beautiful experience with people surrendered to the Lord, going to this class together doing homework, reading the books, um, reading the Bible verses in the Bible, and, and really learning to walk out that sanctification process to repent, which means to renew the mind, replacing lies with truth. And I would encourage everybody and anybody that hears the sound of my voice to get that in your spirit, that God loves you as you are and not as you should be. That's one. Two, when you receive Christ as your Savior, you're receiving his whole presence. You're receiving his righteousness. You're receiving his wholeness. You're receiving his love, his peace, his mercy. And what happens is in the spiritual realm, we are 100% sealed in heavenly places, free, whole, perfect. We're perfect just as Christ is perfect. Now, in our physical realm, in our soulless realm, we may still struggle with hurts and pains and trauma. We may still tr struggle with sin issues. And, you know, our, it, it's still like if there's a wound and you touch it, you might react. Or if you scratch a scab or, you know, you might have an involuntary response to a trigger from, you know, pain or, or trauma. Now, that's the beauty. None of those things affect your identity. 
you are a child of God. I, I was speaking with um, one of my friends uh, tonight and, you know, really just came back to something I was learning and growing in and, and realizing that you're not, you know, your identity is not your job. Your identity is not what you do. Your identity is not even being a mother or a father. Your identity is not being a teacher or your job. Your identity is literally being a beloved child of the Father. Your identity is being a lover of the Father. Your identity is being, um, you know, a worshiper. Ultimately, your identity is just being you. You're, you're who you are. Thomas Cross Hoops, seeker of truth, lover of God, um, you know, that's my identity. That's it. I am a lover of God. God loves me. Christ in me, me in Christ. That's my identity. Now, out of my identity of being a child of God, I can be a father. I can be a husband. I can be a salesman. But those are not my identity. I don't get my value from what I do. I don't get my worth from being a husband. I don't get my uh, rocks off by being a good dad or, you know, I don't, I don't, nothing but the father dictates who I am. So my sonship, uh, my being in Christ, that's my identity. So out of that identity, I am called to go on this journey of walking out restoration of the heart. And God wants all areas of my heart. That's why I said, and I wrote a blog, and I, I need to duplicate it. God cares about the condition of your heart. That's why, you know, Psalms 139 is so important, because King David knew how to come before the Father. And he said, search me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there be any hurtful way in me. And I, I've, if you listen to the podcast, you know, you know it's like my life verse. Um, I'm actually working on a, a something with that verse right now. When King David said, search me, O God, know my heart, try me, know my anxious thoughts, and see if there be any hurtful way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. That word hurtful, which I never knew. God gave me this verse 2009. I didn't know that verse until a couple years ago. And I actually am doing this podcast tonight because I, I, I spoke a message on that verse and on this process September 11th, a year ago. So it's literally been exactly a year and a week since I, when I, I preached this message. And um, when I learned what that word pain or sorrow or idol meant, so he says, search me and see if there be any hurtful way in me. Hurtful means pain, sorrow, or idol. So King David knew to live a transparent life before the Father, even though he was living in sin and, and you know committed adultery, basically had somebody murdered, he knew to keep accounts short. He knew to come to the Father. He knew to be transparent. He knew to be honest. He knew to he knew to repent and and apologize and tell God he was sorry. And you know, in the depths of despair, my bones ached, but when I called upon your name, you were there. This verse, pain, sorrow, or idol, it's the same verse in Isaiah that says, and it will be in the day when the Lord gives you rest from your pain and turmoil and harsh service in which you have been enslaved. So this is just an idea where King David says, Lord, show me what's in my heart. 
because Jeremiah seventeen nine, I've preached on this before. I, I you know I've shared it here in the podcast, but I want everybody to understand. There's a reason these four verses came to me in a Bible school in Canada at one time during a worship event. They've been my life verses. I'm working on a book about them. Jeremiah 17, 9. What does it say? It says, The heart is above all things deceitful and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind. So that goes back to the first verse I read, Hebrews. And it's talking about how only the Holy Spirit can separate the spirit and the soul. So when I say that God cares about the condition of your heart, he does. Because the heart is, you know, it's the wellspring of life. Um. You know, if you if you look at all the verses about the heart, a heart at peace gives life to the body. A happy heart makes the face cheerful. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. A cheerful heart is good medicine. Dun, dun, dun. He says here at the end, I love this one. Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I pray from the glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with the inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down in God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. There's just verse after verse. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. And it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. I pray that your heart will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are rich and glorious inheritance. And this hope will not lead to disappoint for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. John 14.1, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scripture declares rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Watch out. Don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness and by the worries of this life. For from within, out of men's hearts, come evil thoughts and sexual immorality. That's not the one I was looking for. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. He talks about how out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what's in our hearts comes out. So the condition of our heart is important to God because it's our heart that heaven meets earth. Our heart is where the spirit and the soul have this portal, this bridge, 
where they go and they connect. So if our heart is unhealthy, we're not going to be releasing the kingdom of heaven on earth. If our heart is unhealthy, we may go to heaven, but we're not going to be walking in our true identity as sons and daughters of the king, that the whole earth is waiting to be revealed. So I'm on this journey just like you are. But what I would encourage you to do is to take a look at yourself and ask the Holy Spirit to show you, am I living my life and my relationship with Christ according to my own actions? Meaning if I'm feeling good, then I'm good with God. If I'm feeling bad, I'm bad with God. Am I allowing my own righteousness to get in the way of my relationship with God? Because the key to going from glory to glory and going from heights to new heights to new heights is that we get to this place of understanding that we're already seated in heavenly places, that we've already arrived, that the destination is the journey. The journey we're on is not this linear journey where we're aspiring to be more holy and more great. No, the journey is living in the present moment, learning to be intentional with our relationships with God and man, learning to walk in intimacy with God and man, learning to walk in truth. And out of that intentionality, out of that realizing that I am as I should be, right, Now, I don't have to worry about confronting issues that come across. Because if I have a sin issue, if I have a character issue, if I have a trauma, if I have a pain, if I have something that needs to be dealt with, repentance simply means to renew your mind, to change your thinking, to return to God's higher thoughts. So out of my own life, I'm not where I need to be, right? I'm I'm progressing. I'm, I'm on a journey. I'm not perfect. But guess what? I am perfect because I'm in Christ. So because I'm in Christ, because I'm seated in heavenly places, because nothing can separate me from the love of God, I can now confront those issues that I've had my whole life. Character issues, trauma issues, hurt, pain, sin issues, and they don't affect my identity. So that's the biggest takeaway from tonight is that, you know, God loves you as you are and not as you should be. Brennan Manning, you know, one of my favorites, he loves you with an everlasting love and he cares about the condition of your heart because what's in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. What's in your heart is going to be what's left on the world as a legacy. And one thing that we're leaving as, as Christians, we often leave a judgment. We leave our hurt. We leave our mess. And what the Lord wants to leave is his kingdom of love, of joy, of peace, of patience, the fruits of the spirit, the gifts. So it's no longer okay to just live life and say, you know, hurrah, hooray, on that day I'll go to heaven. No, that's not enough. You you haven't reached your goal and your limit from the Father if all you're doing is surviving till the end to go to heaven. The whole purpose of being saved is a relationship with the father, a relationship with the king. And out of that relationship, God wants you and me to affect our environment in such a way that we're leaving a peace on earth. We're leaving a kingdom of heaven on earth. We're drawing men to the father. We literally have a call. Each and every one of us have a call to reconciliation, to help redeem and restore hearts back to God, to point people back to Jesus. When I win, it's God's win. 
when I when I falter, I still give glory to God. It's not me, it's God, you know, and I've got to get out of this idea that my own actions affect my my identity because you cannot make God love you anymore and you cannot make God love you any less. If you hear the sound of my voice, you are a beloved child of God. If you're a pre-believer and you don't yet believe God, you know, Jesus died and 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 so that you could have relationship with God, you're a pre-believer. Guess what? Pre-believer. I challenge you to ask the Lord, Holy Spirit, if you're real, reveal yourself to me. Many of us have done it. Many of us have had some wild encounters because we did. Um, it's not my job to condemn you. It's not my job to convict you. My job is to be the best son I can be and to see what my father is doing and to come alongside of him and to partake in my daddy's business. And it's taken me many, many years, I'm almost 42, to get to a place where I can say, I know I'm on my way. I don't do everything right. I'm not perfect. But what I do and don't do does not affect my identity. And that's the beginning. If you can get to that place where your identity is sealed and seated in heavenly places, your sonship is sealed, now you can confront the issues. Now you can go from glory to glory. Now you can go through sanctification and fear and trembling daily. Now we can learn to search me and know my anxious thoughts and let the Holy Spirit show you where you have unforgiveness, where you have judgment, where you have wronged someone that you need to go make amends. You cannot do those things and, and, and get through it in a healthy way if you're feeling less than because you're doing it. You can't go and do confront sin issues. You can't confront character issues. You can't confront a past if it dictates your identity. Because now you're basically works, you're doing works to come to the Father. If, if you do this and make amends and all this nonsense. No, because you're a son, you can make amends. Because you're a son, you can go ask for forgiveness. Because you're a son, you can confront the sin issue and be vulnerable with, uh, with the people God's called in your life. You can, you can talk about you know, character flaws or you can come to your children and repent and apologize for being short or you know, being abusive or being neglectful. It has to come from our identity as being sons and daughters of the Most High. I really feel like there's so many people that attach their identity to what they do, to their jobs, to their positions in the church, to being a wife or a mother or a father, you know, a dad. And if you attribute those things to your identity, you'll constantly be striving to be good enough. But God thought we were good enough from when he knit us together in our mother's womb. And so this whole long 30 minutes of going in circles is all about come join me where I am as a seeker of truth, that I'm realizing that my identity is 100% fixed and, and sealed in Christ forever. And I no longer have to toil and I no longer have to fear what's coming up because the whole purpose of you know, Psalms 139 is that we learn to live that King David lifestyle, that worship lifestyle, that, that heart after God lifestyle, that we learn that if it's in worship time and all the voices are silenced that we, and we're worshiping God and we're making his name great and we're coming before him with thanksgiving and praise, 
We feel his presence and now all of a sudden we have that conviction where we need to go repent and call your mom and apologize or go take your wife out and, and talk about something or go, go tell your son you're sorry for what you did. You can do that with boldness because that is simply part of the journey of healing and growth and maturing and going from glory to glory. It doesn't affect your identity because Remember when you and your brothers and sisters got in fights or you, you know, you were playing with your best friends, you spend the night at their house and, you know, they're like family. So their mom and dad can spank you and tell you what to do anyway. And, and something bad happens and people got their feelings hurt. It wasn't even about, you know, spankings or punishment. It was about reconciliation and, and making right what was wrong. So when you, you know, made one of your friends, sisters, or little brothers cry, you alienated them, you hurt them. The purpose wasn't to be punished. The purpose was to find out what happened and go make it right. Go look them in the eyes, tell them you're sorry, and and bring them back up to that place of you belong, you can play with us, you are part of the group, you're not an outcast. That's what God's saying. He's saying, I want you to know that I love you as you are, that you're my child, but guess what? I've called you to this higher standard where we don't walk in unforgiveness. We don't walk in judgment. We don't walk in bitterness. We don't walk in bondage and sin issues. We don't let demons have their way in our lives. So that's where we can confront those sin issues. We can confront open doors. We can confront character or generational curses because they don't have a place in our life. It gets back to Jeremiah 17, 9. We don't know what's in our heart. We, we'd like to know, we think we know, but oftentimes there's hidden hurts and pains and bondages and oppressions. And it's not, it's not a formula. It's not pray this prayer or go to this weekend seminar and we'll have you set free. No, it's learning a lifestyle of repentance, of renewing your mind, of coming into agreement with what God says and letting go of all the lies. And that's really this whole journey I've been on, I've been learning about obedience. I've been learning about agreements. I've been learning about, um, you know, the power of obedience. When you obey the Lord, you know, you grow in, in healing, you grow in maturation, you grow in authority. These are all the things I've been blogging about, writing about, talking about for the last few years. But it's time for me to step up as a man of God who no longer lives these separate lives where I'm one thing here and I'm one thing in the presence of God and I'm one thing at a worship meeting. But then at home, I, I got in a fight with my wife or I get upset with my kids. No, I can be the son of God everywhere. And out of that, I become a better father. I become a better husband. I become a better leader in the, in the, in the community. And it, it, it's only when I'm willing to recognize that my own actions, my own righteousness is nothing before the Father. It won't get me anywhere. Striving, trying to be good, trying to manage behavior, sin behavior, none of that will do anything. But when I can surrender and say, here I am, Lord, I'm yours, I'm your son, speak to me, search me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there be any hurtful way in me. And now genuinely come before him. And in that time, when I'm having the quiet time with the Lord, get on my face, get on my back, get on, kneel before my chair at church. And I'm sick and tired of, you know, going places where they sing three songs and they're done. I'm sorry. 
if it takes you having a moment in worship to hear the Lord's voice and respond accordingly, if it takes you going across the room to, you know, apologize to your brother that's there or your mom or your wife, you need to do it. And and you know what? We, we got to quit worrying about the order of service and what's done right. You know, what's going to happen when revival happens, when people come to the Lord, they're hungry, they're seeking his face. They're not going to care about the three songs or the 45-minute sermon. They're going to care about being in the presence of the living king. And because they're so hungry to see God move, they want to get rid of every area the Lord's shown them because if we just do it for ourselves, it's not going to have any fruit. But if he shows you something in your life that needs to be dealt with, if you have to walk walk off the podium from preaching and call your dad and repent for whatever you did to your dad 10 years ago, then do it because it's out of the obedience of what the Holy Spirit puts on our heart where we're going to gain the freedom, the authority, and the intimacy with the Lord. And that's where we're at right now. We're in a season where there's too many believers that are spectators on the benches. They walk in every week, they sing their three songs and their hurrahs, and they listen to a message from the pastor, and that's it. And their lives aren't changed. And the communities are not changed. I went somewhere last week to meet with a pastor. And it was an amazing little 30-minute meeting. And I had a good time. I passed about 40 churches on the way an hour to, to his church. There's churches on every corner in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has not been transformed yet. Tampa Bay has not been, you know, completely redeemed. Guess what? That's our job. Our job is to hear the voice of the Lord and respond accordingly. So when we ask him to search us, it's not for us. It's for God. He cares about the condition of your heart because your heart matters. If your heart is struggling with lies of the enemy, unworthiness, rejection, shame, guilt, you will not be able to handle the kingdom and release it on the earth. Our job is to partake in our Father's business. His business is bringing His glory and His goodness on the earth as far as, as the eyes and as the waters covers the sea. We have to get to a place where we're stopping putting our righteousness and our actions and our ability to be good and be holy and sing some songs it's not our righteousness. We're already righteous because what Christ did. Now, because we're righteous, it's our job to start lining up with it. And that just takes one simple act of obedience after another. One simple act of obedience after another. And it's not about a journey over that way. We're already here. The journey is the destination. The destination is the journey. I'm already where I should be. I'm supposed to be the best father and the best husband I can be. I'm supposed to love my neighbors as myself, and I'm supposed to love Christ first with all my heart, all my mind, and all my soul. Are we doing that? Some of us are. Some of us aren't. I'm on my way. How about you? There's no condemnation. There's no judgment. I'm simply saying for those that are living these good lives and they have dealt with sin issues and they're not, they're living good lives. God's calling you to higher places. It doesn't matter where you find yourself. There's more. There's glory to glory. There's working out your sanctification with fear and trembling daily. You're already perfect. You're already whole in Christ. So now our physical bodies should start lining up with that. As we spend time with God in that intimate moment, he comes literally in that portal, which is our heart, which is our spirit and our soul combined. And heaven comes in and heaven comes into our bodies and our bodies start transforming. I've met women that were in their 80s that look like they were in their 60s because they lived that pasted lifestyle. They lived that lifestyle in the presence of the Lord. 
My spirit comes alive because inside of me is something's birthing, something's happening. I can no longer continue on the path I've gone where I was dictated by my own actions and my own decisions. I'm already dictated. My identity is sealed and set once and for all. Because I am a king and a priest of my own house, because I am a son of the living God, I cannot make myself any more righteous. I cannot make myself any less righteous. My righteousness is once and for all. And it's time that we start honoring the gifts and call on our lives and the lives of those around us. God's called us to intimacy with each other. God's called us to relationship. We have to start being better, putting God first, putting the relationship first. There's a reason the Bible says take interest in the needs of those others ahead of your own. We, that, that's literally part of the preferring others ahead of ourselves. We have to be better. We have to be better. There's a whole dying world waiting to see us love each other. They will know we are Christians by our love. Are we loving one another? Are we loving our neighbor? Are we loving our spouse? Are we loving our children? Because love lies bleeding. Jesus sacrificed himself for the world. The sins of the world have been placed on Christ once and for all. Every single sin that will ever be has already been judged by God on Jesus Christ. Your sins do not disqualify you from the Father's love. Your actions do not disqualify you from the Father's family. He has called you by name to come into the house of the Lord and worship He has called you by name to know God and make him known. It's time. It's time. The time is now. The time is now. The lies that we're not good enough, the lies, the lies that we are simply to follow the cues of of social media, the cues of what the government says. It doesn't matter what happens to America. It doesn't matter if the Roman Empire falls. We are believers. We are leaders, not followers. If we're enslaved, we are still to love one another. If we are enslaved, we are still to turn our cheek. No matter what happens to me, I know that God's in control. I know that my circumstances do not affect my identity. My bank account doesn't affect my identity. My past does not affect my identity. My future is sealed and set once and for all. So I'm getting emotional because the lies of the enemy have kept me down too long. And I believe they've kept you down too long. We are overcomers. We are the head and not the tail. We are the sons and daughters. The whole earth is waiting to be revealed. God literally doesn't have to do anything ever again. It's all been done on Christ once and for all. Now we have the power of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling presence of Christ in our lives, and we're not partnering with God. We're literally going about our lives as if Christ didn't die. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought that Christ died for your mental health, your physical health, your emotional health, your your spiritual health, and That's why God cares about the condition of your heart. He cares that we come into agreement with the cross. I was at a worship at my dad's church three, four months ago, and I heard it clear as day. 
we receive the love of God, but we come into agreement with the cross. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you what areas have I not come into agreement with the cross? Because that word sozo, that, that, that's a buzzword that we talk about, it's in books. It, it's the same word used for inner healing, demonics, you know, deliverance, emotional healing, physical healing. To be set free, to be whole, for the shalom of God to, to rule in our heart, the peace of God that surpasses understanding. That's what Jesus died for. So I don't have to chase inner healing. I don't have to go from conference to conference asking for a blessing or, you know, buying a million books and seminars. The Holy Spirit will take you on a journey. He will unravel the ball of yarn that is your life and is your heart. But the first key is learning who you are. And when you know who you are and that nothing can separate you from the love of God, that, that your actions and your inactions can't separate you from your identity as a son. I believe that's the ground level because now we can work on our character. We can work on the pain and suffering. We can deal with the trauma. We can deal with the abuse, the oppression, demonic oppression, without it affecting our identity because it doesn't because your identity is not dictated by what you do or say it's dictated by who God says you are it's dictated by the word of God it's dictated that he knit us together in our mother's womb before the foundation of the earth he knew who we were <sighs> holy spirit I just thank you so much for what you're doing all across the earth, that you're waking people up to who they are and whose they are. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're waking me up to who I am and whose I am. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that I feel your presence in my body. I feel you in my gut, in my spirit. I can sense your presence. Teach me to follow you. Teach me to honor you more, Holy Spirit. Forgive us, Holy Spirit, where we haven't acknowledged you as a triune God, as part of God, that you are God. Where we've put so much emphasis on God the Father and God the Son. We have not given the due respect for you, Holy Spirit, that gives us the ability to worship in spirit and in truth. You give us the ability to walk in truth. You give us the ability to walk cloaked in the righteousness of Christ. You give us the power and the authority from heaven. Holy Spirit, open our eyes to what you're doing, that we could come alongside of you and that we could release your kingdom on earth. I just thank you so much for everybody that's listening, that you have called them by name, that they are your children and that you desire that they know who they are. The gifts and the callings on their life are there for the world. You've planted us in the earth so we would grow up amongst the wheat and amongst the tares. And we would be the light of the earth. We would be the salt of the earth. Lord, that we would stop worrying about behavior modification programs and trying to tell the world how to live. And we would just come alongside of them and tell them who they are, that they're children, that God loves them, that they're called to be in your kingdom, that they are precious in your sight, 
Even the tattooed, pierced up lizard man, even the prostitute on the corner, even the thief, God, that we're all called to love like you love, that your love lies bleeding on the cross, that you poured out your blood for us once and for all, that the power of sin is death and you defeated death on the cross once and for all, that every lying spirit and whispering spirit, every demonic oppressor, has no power or authority over us, that we are surrendered and submitted to you, God. You called us by name. You created us in your image. And you desire that we walk in your holiness, in your righteousness, in your goodness, in your mercy, because you've already given it to us, God. I just thank you so much that shame and guilt are falling off of people right now as they hear the truth that God's clothed them in his righteousness, that Jesus' blood has cleansed them already. Every sin and future sin they'll ever commit has already been judged. It's already been separated as far as the east is from the west, that you, God, are our Father, that we are your children. And that we are coming into agreement with heaven. And that we would release your kingdom on the earth, Lord. Thank you, Father, for teaching us the gifts of the Spirit. That we would walk in your patience and your peace and your love and your joy. Thank you, Father, for showing us where we're turning away from these things. And and where we need to repent and change our thinking. I just thank you so much, God, that you've given us the ability to always turn our face back to you, that it's always there waiting for us, looking with your eyes. And just thank you so much for all you're doing right now around the earth, God, that you would teach us to look at what you're doing and not about all the problems and the wars and the struggles. Where are you moving, God? Where should I come alongside of you? Where should I put my hands? Thank you so much for your provision, Lord. Thank you so much for your lessons that you're teaching us. We just welcome your lessons, God. Thank you for your wisdom. You said to ask for wisdom, Lord. We ask for wisdom in these times that we would have wisdom in which battles that we are to fight and which battles we are to ignore. Lord, that we would no longer be tossed to and fro by the waves of social media, the waves of the news, Lord. That we would fix our eyes on Jesus and we would walk in unity with our brothers and sisters, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you for your peace. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. A heart at peace gives life to the body. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence. Ah, I'm not sure. I guess I'll uh, <laughs> I'll release this, but um, I just I just want you to know that my heart is always to see people come in to their identity as sons and daughters of the Most High. And something that hurts me is when I go places and I see people that don't know who they are. And the Holy Spirit is faithful to lead us into all truth. You know, the First John 2, 27, you need no man to teach you, for the Spirit, the anointing you receive, will lead you into all truth. Well, he can do that through books and Bible and teachings online and your local pastor. But what that means is we have to be open to letting the Lord teach us truth by any means. So if you go to one church, but he's got Andrew Womack on your radio, it's okay. 
this idea that you have to get your whole teaching from one place is absurd because the Holy Spirit is a big, big, big being. He can teach us how he wants. And um, ultimately, if you want to learn about healing, you should probably come alongside someone that's walking in healing. If you want to learn about deliverance, so, you know, I'm just guessing that every pastor on Sunday isn't walking in all the different things you want to learn. So be open to let the Holy Spirit teach you through the different uh, streams and methods that he has available. It could be going to a Bible school. It could be going to an online course. It could be just reading books or listening to Bill Johnson or spending a week in his presence at IHOP. It's, you know, it's, it's all available. We have to quit pigeonholing ourselves and thinking that, you know, going to church on Sunday for 30 minute message is going to be enough. It's not because, you know, there's a lifetime of growth and maturing that takes place. And ultimately the Holy spirit and the Bible is your number one place to get it from. But, um, you know, there are resources out there. I always say Andrew Womack's a great place to start. Uh, Graham cook is a great place to start and, uh, just be blessed on your journey that you are where you need to be. And if you can accept Christ's righteousness, you're perfect as you are. And, all of those little things that you need to work on that God's going to bring up, it's not behavior modification. It's not to make you any more righteous. You're already righteous. It's simply to come into alignment in your soulish and physical realm with your spiritual realm. It's mirroring the purity and wholeness that's already there. That's manifesting into our physical bodies as we come into agreement with God and we ask the Lord to show us where we don't believe or do, you know, agree with the right things. So it's uh, it's an encouragement that, you know, as we go down this journey, we have a an intercessor for us. So Jesus is right there at the right side of the Father, and He's praying and He's and He's He's sending His angels to surround us and He's He's uh, He's fighting for us. And and you know, as Andrew Womack says, the battle's in our mind. It's between our ears, between our ears. So um, our thinking is really what's going to dictate our life. So I, I just want to leave you with this, this idea that you are an overcomer, that all those scriptures that we memorize and quote, that's the reality, that as far as, a, as the East is from the West, that's how far he has removed your transgressions from you. So quit getting caught up in behavior modification and in trying to make yourself clean before the Father accept his righteousness and then go on a journey of sanctification. And, and you know what? He is faithful to complete the work that he's begun. He is faithful to walk alongside of you. Remember when Jesus said, you know, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart for I have overcome the world. I think that's what we need in this time. In this world, we will have trouble, but take heart. For Jesus has overcome the world. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hi. Thank you so much for listening. Please like and subscribe to the Seeker of Truth podcast. And also visit our website, seekeroftruth.co, for more information about all of our guests and how you can hear more from them. I pray this conversation encouraged, uplifted, and inspired you to pursue truth at a deeper level.